Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, across this year, we've been focusing on this theme of restoration, believing that God can restore things that are broken, things that are out of alignment, things that are under stress and pressure, and that He can make all things new. So how about as we jump into the Word today, how about we pray together? Father, we thank You that You are in the business of making all things new. You're in the business of restoring everything. And I pray, Father God, as we open Your Word today, would You speak to us so clearly? Would You restore things that are in our life that are broken? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I've got a question for you, and the question is this. Have you ever restored something? Uh, I can remember it was 2015 uh, when I got a a text message on a Friday morning from my wife, Laura, and she messaged me about an outdoor dining set that she had found uh, online. Uh, At that time, we were looking to kind of, you know, decorate, fill out our courtyard in Melbourne where we were living at the time. And she found this, this dining set, this red gum dining set going, this is the one. But there was a catch that came with the one. Uh, It was weathered, it was cracked, there was things that were broken, but the price was too good. It was too cheap. So we decided that we would go for it anyway. Got a mate, got my trailer, drove to pick up this this table. And then as I arrived there, the table was in worse condition than the photos kind of gave the polish to. But we took it anyway. It was so cheap. Let's take it and let's do a little bit of DIY. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about any construction story around my house before, then you're about to hear my confession for the first time when it comes to DIY projects. I like to enter them with high optimism, high belief, and low ability. So the belief is high and the the ability is very, very low. But that doesn't stop me. And just so that we can have some proof of DIY projects, we found some photos on my phone this week so that you can actually believe this is a real story. They'll pop up at some point uh, behind me. Look at that. Fresh. Fresh hair, actually. I'm not really sure what's going on. But obviously, masks were in in 2015, so I was ahead of the time. So we're kind of getting working on this project. And one of the things that I decided to do was to actually reach out to people, not just to, to do it on my own. So I called tradies, called my handy friends around, what are the things that I need to do to restore this table, to bring this table back to life? They talked about different processes, different equipment, different varnishes that you would need to make this table pop. And because I took on the advice of other people, I was able to bring this table back to life. I was able to restore it. And I was able to restore it because I depended on the voice of another, or in this situation, many people to restore it. You see, if I had just depended on my, my own ability, I would have probably just thrown a whole lot of paint, and more paint, and more paint, and hope for the best. But you know what? The process of Restoring a table and restoring our lives are a lot alike. You see, when it comes to restoration, it's something that we can't just do by ourselves. 
We need to depend on someone else. We need to depend on someone that has gone before, to lean into the advice, to lean into the wisdom, to lean into the direction of God to get us to the place of where He wants us to be. Because He is the one that can restore what is broken, what is weighed down, what is pressed at this point. And as a church, we believe in restoration. We believe God is in the business of making all things new, regardless of situation, circumstance, experience, age, gender, race. God is in the business of restoring things that are broken. He's in the business of making all things new. He's in the business of turning the most unlikely situation, the most unlikely person around for His good. And in our time today, we're going to be continuing our series in the book of Romans that we've called Restored Belief. And uh, if you haven't been part of the series, here's the quick context update for this book. You know, this book was written by a guy called Paul, who he himself has experienced significant life change, transformation, and even restoration in his life. And when he writes this book, it's actually after 20 years of Preaching, And he writes this book to the people in Rome, the Greeks and the Jews, to help them be aligned with what it means to follow Jesus, to be aligned in their faith, unifying them in mission with a plan to then go on and share the gospel into Spain. And today, we're going to look at Romans chapter 3. We'd love you to open your Bibles with me. If you've got a digital one, we're going to be in the message version today. We're going to look at Romans 3. We're going to explore what Paul says about the how to be restored by God. The first thing is this, if you're making notes, I'd love you to write this down, is that we need to admit. We need to admit that we all fall short. We all fall short because of our sin. And sin is representative of the things that we do and don't do that hurt ourselves, that hurt others and hurt God. Matter of fact, last week, Mike really preached into this this whole idea of sin and rebellion and encouraged you to catch up on our YouTube channel throughout this week. But if we're going to be restored, we need to admit where we come up short. We need to admit our mistakes. We need to admit the things that are actually separating us from God. And when it comes to sin, it's not just something that some people wrestle with. All people wrestle with sin. Come into Romans chapter 3, in verse 9, Paul put it like this. It's clear enough, isn't it, that we're sinners. Every one of us are in the same sinking boat with everybody else. You know, in other translations, it uses a different language, saying that we are people that are under sin. Come back into Romans chapter 3 in the message version from verse 9. It goes on to say this, as Paul unpacks the sin that we live, there's nobody living right, not even one, nobody who knows the score, nobody alert for God. They've all taken the wrong turn. They've all wandered down blind alleys. No one's living right. I can't find a single one. Their throats are gaping graves, their tongue as slick as mudslides. Every word they speak is tingled with poison. They open their mouth and pollute the air. They are in the race for sinner of the year. They litter the land with heartbreak and ruin. Don't know the first thing about living with others and they never give God the time of day. 
So how do we come up short? Well, we can come up short in so many areas. Firstly, we could come up in our, in our lifestyle where there's a disconnect in the way that we live and the way that God expects us to live. We can live a life based on our agenda, our time, the way that we want to do things. We can live our life separate and apart from God saying, hey, we don't want anything to do with you in our life. Matter of fact, the thing I find interesting in this text is how Paul emphasises uh, the power of words and looks at the tongue and looks at the things that come out of our mouth and look at how our words that we speak to other people can contribute to the sin that we live. And you know, when it comes to personal sin, it's not like something you know, we all put up on a billboard, you know, drive down Milne Road, we're going to do Sinner of the Week at Clovey. And this week we're going to feature Dubsy. Let's look at his top 10 sins. Even though I have done that as a joke at a life group, as a bit of a get to know you exercise, but it was a joke. We never followed through on it. But we're not billboarding people's sins here going, hey, look at all our mistakes. We're not going, hey, we're going to do Sinner of the Week on Clovey's social media where we're outlining all the things that we are doing in our lives that are a misalignment with God's purposes and agenda for our life. But when it comes to sin, the truth is this, is that we all fall short. No one is perfect. No one is immune. And because we fall short doesn't mean that we should approach life and God by going, well, what's the point? Like, what's the point even trying? If we're going to fall short, why would we even put any effort in? I'll just do what works for me now. Yeah, when it comes to sin, it can actually have the power to be quite destructive in our life. Douglas J. Mood describes in the context of sin that we are prisoners to it. Now, this term prisoner is an interesting term. It's a term that actually Paul uses in Galatians 3.22, similar language, that we are prisoners to sin. You know, the imagery that comes to mind for me when I think of someone who is a prisoner is that I think of someone who is stuck. I think of someone that is being held captive to a particular behaviour, a way of living, an addiction, a way of operating, and they can't move past it, a thing that is not of God. And when we are a prisoner to sin, it can have a significant hold and influence on our life. Matter of fact, it can block us from the life that we were created to live. Matter of fact, I'll take it one step further. It will limit our fruitfulness as disciples of Jesus when sin is active and taking root and hold in our lives. But here's the good news. The good news is this. We can be free from sin. Sin doesn't have to have the final say. We can be set free. We can be set free from the things that are entangling us, the behaviours, the thoughts, the addictions that are in our life. We can be set free from sin. And when it comes to being set free from sin, it's not about all the things that we can do to fix ourselves, to make ourselves right. It's about what Jesus can do in us and through us. Because He took our sin, church. He took our mistakes so that we can all start again. And He doesn't want you to remain a prisoner. He doesn't want you to remain captive to your sins. He wants you to experience the life that you were created to live in connection, relationship and intimacy with Him. And He does that because He loves us. Romans 5.8 says this, 
But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, church, He died so that we may live. He died so that we may live. We don't have to be stuck and bound to our sin. We can live. Sin and separation from God doesn't need to be humanity's final destination. There is so much more up for grabs for every single person in connection and relationship with Jesus Christ. So I wonder what sin is active in your life today? What do you need to admit? What do you need to bring before God today and say, God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry for living a certain way. God, I'm so sorry for doing certain behaviours. God, I'm so sorry for letting that addiction just continue to take hold and root in my life. God, I'm sorry for running a separate race for your plans and purposes for my life. What do you need to admit today? And once we admit our, our shortcomings, we're, we're faced with this choice. Do we believe what Paul says about Jesus? Do we believe what is actually possible for us? And I think this is the battle for humanity. Is what we're hearing and reading about Jesus legit or not? Is it actually possible to experience restoration in our life from having a relationship with Jesus? You know, for Paul, he says that it's really possible in Romans 3. He says this, for everyone who believes. It's possible because of ev for everyone who believes. It's not just possible for some, it's possible for everyone. And to believe that Jesus came to set things right, to believe that the, He died on the cross for you, to believe that you can start again, to believe that you can be restored to a new life, to believe that your life could be changed from the inside out, to believe that this life is not just for some people, but it is for all people. To believe means that you're putting all your trust, all your hope, all your faith, all your confidence in Him. Matter of fact, you're going all in, you're giving your life to Him. You know what, if you're looking for evidence today of the works of Jesus, let's just think of Simeon and Chloe. The work of Jesus in someone's life, changing and transforming them from the inside out to the point that they would go public and say, you know what, this Jesus thing is not just an idea. It's real. And it's something that I'm going to step into. I'm going to live for and I'm going to go public here and all the places that people are engaging with us online today. I guess the question is, do you believe? Do you believe it for yourself? Do you believe that Jesus came for you? Came to give you a new beginning, a new start. And if we're going to be people who are restored by God, we actually need to believe in Him. When we're talking about believing in Him, we're not just talking about it's just a thought. Go, yeah, I believe in Him. Tick the box. But it's actually about putting all of your life, 100% in, not 75, not 50, not 20, not 10%. It's actually going all in on Him. And that's because Jesus isn't just interested in some of us. Jesus wants all of us. 
And when we believe, He can restore. Romans 3, 21 says this in the message version. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. And He did it by the means of Jesus Christ. Church, He can take what is broken and make it new. He can take what is strained and renew it. He can take what is under pressure and bring release. And that's because of Jesus Christ. That's because of Jesus Christ. That's not because of Paul. That's not because of myself. And that's not because of some other significant other person in your life of world. We can be restored. We can be made renewed because of Jesus Christ. And that is good news. So I guess the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it for yourself? Because once we've chosen to believe, thirdly, we then can receive what he has for us. Receive what he has for us. To receive the gift and life that comes with his grace and forgiveness. To receive the life that he has for us. Paul highlights what we can receive in Romans 3, verses 21 to 24. He says this, Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself, a pure gift. You know, as I, I look at this scripture, there's a few things that I notice. The first thing that I notice is that it's not about what I can do. It's not about what we can do, but it's about what he can do. And we can't live the life that we were created to live, separated from God, apart from him. And out of his generosity, he offers us a better life than we could ever imagine. But we're faced with this choice. Do we receive it or not? You know, I can remember at the age of 14, accepting what Jesus had offered me. It was 2001 and I found myself at a Youth Alive event. I was doing life my own way to my own agenda. And, you know, it was just spiralling out of control. And I remember hearing this person speak about the life that you can have in connection and relationship with Jesus. And he finishes this message by saying, do you want to receive it? And I thought to myself, you know what? Faith wasn't like faith. I went to a faith-based school, but I was like disinterested in it. I was absent. I was not pursuing Jesus at all. But when I hear this speaker talk about the life I could have, it's like, you know what? I've tried everything else. What's the worst that's going to happen? But I made a decision that I'm going to receive Jesus. So I stood up in Rod Laver Arena with 14,000 other people because I wanted to receive what Jesus had for me. Even though I didn't really fully comprehend what that would mean, I just knew, I just knew that was something that I wanted to have. And I received Jesus not as just like, you know, an SOS or a fire insurance, or a self-help guide, or actually I'm going to believe in a fairy tale or something like that. I actually received Jesus as my Lord. I received Him as my Saviour. I received Him as my best friend, the person that I could depend on. And you know what? After making that decision, I had no idea what happens next. 
I just received this gift that He graciously gives and offers all of humanity. You know, I would just describe the, the, the days after feeling different, feeling a little bit lighter, feeling a sense of joy inside of me. But as I continue to receive this gift, God did some significant work in me. He started to restore me. He started to restore my sense of self-worth. That I didn't need to be anyone else. I could just be myself and that's cool. He started to speak into my identity going, hey, you know what? You were made in the image of God. That you were put on the planet for a reason and a purpose. And you know, when it's come to, to restoration, it hasn't been one of those, you know, that was good back then moments. It was good when I just said yes to Jesus, but actually I'm always a work in progress. I don't think we ever get to a point where we arrive. And I constantly still need God to restore. Restore things in me that maybe I haven't even realised that are out of alignment, that are strained, that are weighed down, that are under pressure, maybe even broken. but I need to continue to lean in to Him to shape me as a man, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as, a, as an uncle, as a friend, as a leader. I constantly need to keep leaning in to Him to restore the things in me that are out of alignment. But the question is, have you even received the gift? Have you even received what He's putting out, what He's offering to you because if there's only one thing you remember out of everything that we talk about today when we talk about being restored by God it would be this it's not about what we can do but it's about what He can do it's not about what we can do it's not about us when it comes to restoration it's about Him it's about what He can do matter of fact take it one step further that's what He's already done and continues to do in people's lives. Let's come back to that DIY table. The table couldn't restore itself. Matter of fact, it needed someone to come alongside with the right tools to make it new again. You know, I, I wonder what could be restored in our lives if we stopped trying to make it happen. And we actually let Him do the work. How about we stand together and we're going to pray. Father God, we thank You that You are a restorer, that You are in the business of making all things new. And God, I thank You that You freely offer life to us today. You know, church, as I was praying uh, for us throughout this week, uh, I really felt led to give people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And we're going to talk about this life, this gift. We'd be missing an opportunity. But I particularly wanted to pray for people in this whole idea of giving your life to Jesus. For those that faith is not foreign to you. I, I really sense that this uh, person joining us here or online today Faith isn't foreign to you. Matter of fact, you've been surrounded by faith. 
You've been in different environments, but you've never believed it for yourself. But today would be the day that you would say, you know what? I'm owning it for myself. I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. It's not just my my spouse that's saying yes to Jesus. It's not just my sibling that's saying yes to Jesus. I'm gonna say yes to Jesus for myself. I really have that on my heart. I really sense that that's gonna be someone today. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a connection with Him, maybe that's something you've never done before or maybe it's something you once did, but you benched it for whatever reason. I wanna give you an opportunity right now just to say yes. Say, yeah, that's me. I wanna say yes to Jesus today. Everyone's got their eyes closed. I've got my eyes open. If you're joining us online, we want you to click raise a hand in just a moment and our online team will connect with you. So if that's you, real quick, you wanna say yes to Jesus. I want you to raise your hand where you are, just so that I can pray for you, just where you are, real quick, just raise it where you are. If you're those joining us online right now, click raise a hand. We believe today's the day for people to say yes to Jesus, to put your trust, your hope, your confidence, your faith in Him. We thank You, God. God, we thank You for the courage that that people are demonstrating. God, thank You that we can have new beginnings. And God, I pray, Lord, even for people in our life and world right now that don't know You, may they receive the gift of life, they receive the gift of grace, forgiveness, in Jesus' Name. The second group I wanna just pray for really quickly is I wanna pray for people where you're trying to fix yourselves, you're trying to do all the work and you're not letting God do the work. We're gonna experience restoration, especially restored belief. We actually need to let Him do the work. And I quickly just wanna pray some people to say, you know what, I'm actually gonna take my hands off the steering wheel. I'm gonna trust Him. I'm gonna let let Him lead and guide me to the places that He wants me to be. If that's you real quick, no one's looking around the room. I'm just gonna pray for you where you are. I'd love you just to raise your hand. Say, yeah, that's me, Dubsy. Would you pray for me? If I'm honest with myself, honest with you, God, I've got both hands on the steering wheel, but I recognise that I'm a work in progress and I need to let you in. I need to let you take the wheel. Thank you so much. Thank you, 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 thank you. He's the great restorer, not us. He's the one that can shift the most unlikely things, the most unlikely habits, behaviours, addictions that we keep coming back to, to find a sense of fulfilment and worth. Only He can fulfil us. So right now, God, I pray for every single person in this moment. God, thank You for their honesty. Thank You for their transparency, wherever they're joining us. And God, I pray, Lord, that they would take their hands off the steering wheel when it comes to restoration, that they would actually let You do the work. So God, we choose to trust You. We choose to lean into You, to not lean into ourselves, not to lean into our own ideas, not to lean into like sources like Google for our our direction, but we lean into Your Word. We lean into Your voice, Lord God. We wanna be Your people. We wanna experience restoration. And God, I speak newness over people, newness in the Name of Jesus, new thoughts, new behaviours, new ways of living over people today in the Name of Jesus, new beliefs in the Name of Jesus. 
name of Jesus. We speak that over every single person. God, thank You that You have always been in the business of restoring and making things new. And God, I pray right now that there'll just be this transaction between heaven and earth with every single person, wherever they're joining us today. Would You continue to heal and restore and make new in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let's just start to sing.